This week on the podcast, Carrie and I are joined by two furloughed Disney cast members who are unbelievably positive and they've created something pretty special. We can't wait to introduce you to them. Stay tuned to hear our whole conversation. Hi, I'm Francine and you're listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast, a podcast where our first topic of conversation will always be Disney. I've been a Disney fan for as long as I can remember, and I'm determined to bring more of that Disney magic into my everyday life. So if you need a little extra pixie dust in your day, you've come to the right place. Thanks so much for listening, and let's get started. So everyone, we are really excited today. We have a couple of guests with us. We have Julie and Mike, who are joining us from the Super Secret Hive podcast that just launched. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Excited to be here. We are so excited to have you guys here. I have to tell you, just the idea of what you're doing is so exciting. And I think it's it's so entertaining for kids, but it's so educational. So before we even get started into your backstory and everything, can you just give us a little bit, the listeners, a little bit of what they can expect to hear on the Super Secret Hive podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So I think some parents are a little confused when they hear kids podcasts. They think, are you interviewing kids? What does that mean? So we like to call it an audio adventure series. So if you can imagine your kid getting to experience their favorite movie minus the screen time. So the production values there, there's a score, there are lots of musical songs, there's all sorts of fun characters that you're going to get to meet, um, but no screen time. You just use your listening ears and your imagination, and you go on the story and the journey with us, and we're pretty excited about that journey, so we hope you all will join us, and you can listen wherever you get your podcast. So it is delivered in the form of a podcast on podcast apps, but it is uh, an audio adventure series. That's such a great way to describe it, an audio adventure. Okay, so now the the reader or the readers, the listeners have a good <laughs> idea of what it is you guys are doing. So let's step all the way back to you're sort of a Disney duo um, delivering this content, but you have a sort of huge umbrella where you're doing educational content for kids. And yeah. you, but before that, how did you meet? How did this get started? How did you decide this is what we're going to do? Good question. Mike, do you want to, I feel like I told it last time people asked, so I'd love to hear it from your perspective this time. Yeah. So (laughs) we met many years ago. Um, I had, uh, I was a former music educator in in the public school system and, and wrote for uh, a children's theater in Maryland. And I taught in Virginia in public schools. And, um, you know, you, you have lots of different variety of students that are, obviously passionate about could be choral music could be musical theater um and everybody kind of goes their different direction once graduation has happened um but sometimes you know while you want you you want people to have music in their life for a lifetime that's the goal of the music teacher to be you know have somebody that (laughs) learns to have compassion and learn collaboration and all the great things that come with with uh music and and kind of taking that risk as a performer you know, it's always great when you have people that are like, no, 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 the performing part, the creating is something that I want to do for my whole life. So lo and behold, one of my, one of my former students uh, named Julie, who you've been talking to, <laughs> um, was one of those students. And we actually, the, the, the story that kind of got us connected and really 
into the the idea of Disney was that we I would take you know choral trips down to Walt Disney World to do competitions. We would do performances. We sang in candlelight processional. All of the things that you know are some really cool Disney experiences to do for for youth. And um, one of the trips happened to be when the uh, Finding Nemo the musical uh, had just opened at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and you know, as you are finding your voice as a singer, as a performer, when you come upon things that are truly, they're already your voice. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they're already, like they're tailor made for you, but you're not in there yet. It's like the club that was made for you that you haven't joined. Um, wow. I think of Gonzo, it's a, the it's the friend, best friend that you haven't met, right? Um, <laughs> so for, for this, we were able to, you know, get um, Julie to see this production while we were down there. And the role of, of Nima was one of those things that just like, it already sounded like her. It already had the energy of her. Um, and it's one of those parts that is, they don't cast, you know, it's a young boy clownfish, but in the professional world, that you, Disney can't be hiring children. They're supposed to be in school, right? So they can't. Right. <laughs> so as luck would have it, they hire female performers. Um, and uh, Julie had that opportunity to not only go to school down in, in the Orlando area, uh, University of Central Florida, but also continue that journey and got the role of uh, Nemo during during her time there. So uh, it was one of those things that we, I was so excited to be able to see that transition take place for her. And then at the same time, I was, I was jumping schools a couple of times to keep my challenges up for me too, where I had taught high school for a while and I wanted to teach elementary. I was doing a lot with the, the children's theater. So then it became, well, what's my next challenge too? Because if I'm telling everybody you're supposed to pursue these things, life is short. You, you know, you need to make your stake, your claim and, and what you want to do. And, and so um, my wife and I ended up moving down to uh, Orlando as well. And um, I, my first role was a casting director for the American Idol experience at Disney's Hollywood studio. So we, oh, we did cross over again, um, both Julie and myself uh, at under the umbrella of the Walt Disney company. Um, and then the, the story continued from there where Julie has more um, interaction with USO and creating her own small business to, really spread just joy and, and kindness and friendship and all of those things. Um, uh, and it was just something that we were able to stay connected with and continue to work uh, to this day. Wow. What an incredible story. Yeah. I feel like I have to jump in for just a second because Mike's very humble and he won't say this. Um, and maybe <laughs> he doesn't realize it, but I, I hope he does. He was the teacher at our high school. Like he, you people were in chorus who didn't like singing, right? It was like he was this young, energetic educator that just inspired teenagers to like want to make a positive impact in the world and be good people. And like that to inspire teenagers to be it, that's saying something, right? I mean, he was they called him Mr. D, and it was like people were in chorus to have a class with Mr. D. He was so cool. And I, re I was in middle school auditioning for the high school show choir. And I remember I had heard all about him. He, there's this new, he had just come to the high school. There's this new teacher. Everyone was talking about him. He, he put so much energy into these projects and these choirs and was taking on all these extra, you know, teachers aren't compensated for all these extra things that they're doing. And he did everything. I mean, he did everything. And so everyone wanted to be a part of the show choir and do all these cool things in these shows. And so I was lucky enough to get into that show choir and I loved taking classes from him so much that I would take summer school so I could open up class periods in my day to just have more, learn more from him. So my senior year, I was in his classroom four out of my seven classes. 
So, I mean, it, like he's a uh, he, he's an outstanding educator. Like I just can't even. So when I started, when I realized I wanted to start creating for kids and I wanted to make content through this whole process from day one, I've been contacting him and just asking him questions and using him as a mentor because he is so good at impacting young minds. And I think that that's such a rare and special skill. And that's something that um, I've really wanted to be a part of my project selfishly that I need that I need, I need someone who is, can really just communicate to kids in, in these really impactful ways. So we hope that that comes across in the super secret hive that of course it's fun. There are tons of laughs, tons of music and a lot of, the, a lot of that's coming from Mike too, but the education aspect and the ways that we're able to communicate these really important messages um, kind of hidden in the stories and in the humor and in the characters. Um, that comes from, I think, Mike just being an outstanding educator. So, it, Well, thank you. That was very nice of you to say. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay you $20 later. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I think, you know, my, a lot of times it's your music teacher, but it could be anybody who kind of just pointed you in a direction and, and it, was a, it was a viewpoint that you didn't have before. And I, my music teachers did that growing up as well, that it was just you know, as a teenager, you question, well, as a child, you question why, right? Why, why, why? Everything's a why. And so as, as a performer in high school, why am I singing for this group? And then why am I singing for this group? And it was one of those things that as I got the role myself to say, okay, we're going to do things like we did perform a lot for kids. Like that was part of our, our shtick. And, and we also did performances that were for the community. It could be like Lions Club, or it could be, um, different veteran organizations. Um, it could be at Walter Reed Hospital for, for Wounded Warriors. Um, and it was one of those things that my directors did that for me, that it's that I needed to give that to the next group to say, this is what we, this is what we should do, right? This is that we, we kind of want to normalize that, like, you should just do this. It's not, it's not a chore. It's, it's an honor to do a lot of the work that we were able to do. And, and from the simplest thing of seeing a smile on a kid's face to, you know, having the chills up your spine, singing something patriotic for someone that has sacrificed so much for us, it's, it's a no brainer. So that's the other part for the, the hive is that we want everybody to, yes, absolutely have a good time. And it is, uh, we try to make it as entertaining as, as possible, <laughs> but it's also the idea that wouldn't it be great if our if everybody just kind of did these things, right? Because <laughs> our world is a little bit tumultuous right now, to say the least. A um, bit. <laughs> so if we can really just kind of inspire, and you know, I grew up with Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street, and um, even even reruns of Star Trek, right? Where they're 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 putting in messages that are way bigger than the sci-fi that you think you're watching. You know, mm -hmm. it could be about inclusion. It could be about you know treating others with kindness. Whatever it is. Um, and I think all of those things, those great, those greats of the past, we have to continue that, that legacy and, and make people sing and smile while they're doing it. But um, we <laughs> yes. believe in the power of what kids can do. Absolutely. Wow. That it's an incredible story and you can definitely hear how much you've impacted Julie's life and obviously many others. And now the two of you are on this journey to impact so many others, but you did say something that you, you sang in the candlelight processional. I, we have listeners that would, would, you know, yell at me if I didn't ask what that was like and how exciting that was and, and what that experience meant to you. Well, I will, I'll let Julie tell most of this cause she was the one on the stage, but the, um, we, uh, the choral departments in our area had, you know, we're all about fundraising to try to do these trips and, um, give these opportunities. And 
after 9-11, we were unable to do anything traveling to Europe, the county that was the place that we could not go. I, I think it, well, right now, nobody's traveling anywhere, but mm -hmm. it was, what can we do? I needed something for my top group that was going to be, um, put them in a professional uh, scenario that was not, it's not hand-holding that we do, but we rehearse a lot, right? When you're putting on a concert, you rehearse for months and you might, one choir of the five might sing 10 minutes or 12 minutes of material, but they spent months doing it, right? So it's about the process. It's about putting all the energy into it. And this was a, an opportunity to say, not only do you have to learn all the stuff that we're going to do locally, but here's an entire new catalog of 10 to 12, so I forget how many songs it was at the time, but that they're difficult eight part plus uh, arrangements by Derek Johnson, who or a lot of them by Derek Johnson, who was the Voices of Liberty um, kind of creator, if you've heard them at Epcot. And it was some cool stuff. So it was this idea that we could prepare them like a normal concert, but then you're going to sing with people that you've never sung with before. And you're going to have a narrator and you're going to have an orchestra you've never played with before. And so the only real like rehearsal that gets done is they put you together um, according to voice part and height. I think it were the only two mm -hmm. uh, categories you start a couple of the songs to make sure you guys know how to read this conductor. And then that's it. You're not playing with the orchestra. So you go out there. So it's really this idea that they're not going to let people in that are not going to do a great job doing it. So we had to really, we had to audition, we had to make it. We had, to, I had to feel like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get on a plane with you guys to go down there and we're not going to be embarrassed of ourselves. Right. So that <laughs> we have to make sure that we bring, we bring uh, some honor and pride to our, our home, our home base. But at the same time, it was this really cool, like the best version of this is the real world, right? As, an, as a real musician, yes, you'd love to rehearse for months, but they can't afford to do that. Or you don't have time because you're doing other gigs or whatever. So a lot of times you're playing with a band or an orchestra. It's like, oh, hi, cello player. I've never played with you before. I guess we'll play tonight. Does that sound good? Okay, great. And then you just as a professional, you put the faith that they will do it. So absolutely if you've seen the candlelight procession anybody listening it's awesome and and absolutely every one of those uh young performers rises to the occasion and even the cast cast choir which makes up the tree um not all of those are or most of them are not professional singers really it's just the voices of liberty they usually have four on the night of that that it's the it's just a passion for them so it's really really cool so on on the stage julie what what's what was that or the whole experience what was that like I remember being very nervous, you know, be, as you said, you just jump in. And now that I'm, I have several years under my belt as a performer, I, I can do the, I can do those things. I can jump in with a cast that I've never met before and do a show. But at the time, you know, as a teenager, that's a, that's a pretty eye opening experience, but I'm super grateful for it. Um, and also it was just so cool to see, you know, backstage of Disney, how they just, every, every fast of how Disney operates is magical in its own way. So it was very cool to be backstage and see the backstage magic happening. You know, you, you see the, the voices of Liberty people walking down the hallway right next to you. And it's just, it was very, very cool to get to experience that as a teenager. And um, from a young age, when I first visited Disney and saw the shows, I thought, Oh yeah, th this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it felt very much like that as a teenager being on that stage. I thought, Oh yeah, this, this feels right. This, this is where I should probably be. Full circle. Glad it worked out. <laughs> now, who was the narrator when you, do you remember who the narrator was? I don't, you probably do, Mike. I remember, I don't know, how many times did you, did you get to do it? Was it like twice? Four. Oh, you did all four? Did we do oh, four? Yeah. 
I remember one year we had or no three, Harry, sorry, three. I think it's okay. That sounds yeah. right. We had uh, Harry Hamlin one time. So um, I grew up on Clash of the Titans and LA Law, so <laughs> totally up my alley. So- <laughs> um, and then he ended up what he. Uh, had the whole Real Housewives thing more recently, right? I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, Him and Lisa Rinna, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, we had, I think we had Whoopi Goldberg one time. Oh, yes. Yeah, and she was fantastic. And I don't remember the other year. I don't remember. But I mean, even my family and I would, would uh, we would go down and if it happened to be that time of year, we would go see it, even, even you know, not being involved in it officially, just to be like, we love to do this. Marley Matlin is by far the best narrator I've ever seen. And she's hard of hearing, she's deaf, and does it all through signing. And her interpreter, who's been with her most of her professional life, it was the perfect marriage of just this beautiful, artistic, uh, you know, American Sign Language mixed with his his voice. Um, it's tremendous. You know, when you get the right combination of a narrator with that that music, you, you really can't beat it for a holiday experience. Yeah. Now, were you guys both Disney fans before that working there? Oh yeah, I think that's one of the first ways we connected when I was a student. Is my I actually didn't get a lot of exposure to pop culture growing up, but uh, Disney movies were pretty much all I was allowed to watch. So I watched them all many, many, many times. Um, so yeah, I was a big Disney fan. And then Mike is is just a Disney fanatic, and we so. we definitely performed a lot of Disney music. Uh... Yeah, and then my senior year, uh, Mike approached me and said, "Hey, there's this musical." that Disney just came out with, you need, you have to sing this music. It's just like, it's your voice. And that was Finding Demon the Musical. And so I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> that cast recording is, my dad still to this day, is, he's sure it's me. It was not me. <laughs> I, I was still in high school. Um, but yeah, it's, so it, it's very cool that it ended up working out and that Mike opened my eyes to that avenue. For I- sure. I can totally hear it in your voice. Yeah, me like, too. <laughs> right? Here, you can, same, right? You can totally. A little starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> they they do have a type, that's for sure. <laughs> so you did Finding Nemo and Mike, you mm-hmm. were at American Idol. Mm-hmm. So you did the casting for who got up on stage for it. That was such a great thing. Loved I love that. Loved it. Everybody that I was a part of that team were just so great at what they did. And it was just a welcoming place for uh, just a just a different kind of vacation experience. Right. You know, a lot of people went on to success from that area, but it was just to be able to be, per, you know, audition after audition, just seeing people excited about what they were doing. And it's it's similar, similar to feeling to, you know, working at Disney with other people that love Disney. You know, it's great to be surrounded by people that have, you know, similar passions for a specific, you know, uh, part of your life. And and for this, it's just singing and storytelling and everybody, people would come in and just, they, they can't wait to share with you not only the, what song they were going to sing, but why they chose that song and what the story was. And it was like, you got these little emotional moments every 10 minutes with these wonderful guests just coming in and just sing literally singing their heart out um it was fantastic and to see young people coming in and and you know we'd see somebody who started off as like a ninth grader and by the, the end of the process they're going to college and they've their skills have gotten better their confidence has grown um yeah it was awesome and then you and it's it was such a teachable moment for us to be like i, I remember the the funniest song you know a lot of people come in singing a disney song which is 
totally fine but you don't hear a lot of that on american idol or the voice you know you're it's not there are pop versions of those songs but it's not entirely appropriate <clears throat> but usually you can hear the type of vocal that we're looking for in that but when frozen came out everybody had to sing let it go yeah and not everybody should sing let it go everybody should <laughs> sing it at home everybody should sing it in the shower everybody should sing it in the car everybody should sing it when it makes their heart scream you got to do it not everybody should do it in front of an audience and um, because it can hurt them. <laughs> you know, it's a, it could be a painful song if they don't know what they're doing. And uh, for everyone, for everyone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it was one of those things that you again, I, you can't fault them for being so excited about it. So they were combining their Disney love with their American Idol excitement and and just their love of music. So it was a perfect place for me to transition into the into the company and kind of keep that that idea going on. I'm, I'm a, I'm sometimes happier being more of a helping others with their performance stuff. My, while I did acting and stuff in college, it was, I, I'm, I love producing. I love directing. I love composing. I love all of those things. So um, this was kind of that uh, where I, it didn't have to be me, but it could mm -hmm. I, just the joy of helping other people is great. That's awesome. And now, isn't it? Isn't that where Frozen Ever After is? Or is that what it, the Frozen sing along is now? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys get to go to the parks much? Are you? Do you enjoy going to the parks still? Being a visitor yeah. as opposed to just working. Well, Julie, you're you're a little bit further away, but. Yeah, so I I have been at Disney almost 10 years now. So Nemo's been my full-time role, but I do several shows for them, or I have done several shows for them. Um, and then in the past, I guess, six years, I fly back and forth to do Nemo. So I'm in Austin, Texas. Um, so I when I go, when I fly to go to do shows, I am absolutely in the parks when I'm there and catching up with all my friends, and I'm in the parks as much as I can. Um, but not as much as Mike, who, of course, who lives there. And neither one of us have been since um, COVID has hit. So Right. Yeah. And, and doing Nemo, that must be such a reward to do it on stage and get sort of the immediate feedback from people in the audience. Yeah, it's a really, really special show. Um, I remember just when I did see it for the first time when I was in high school, I just thought, I can't believe this is in a theme park. It's just the talent on that stage is unbelievable. And the puppets uh, by Michael Curry, who he does all the puppets for um, the Lion King. So that, you know, there are these beautiful lifelike, I mean, fish, which it's yeah. so weird. If, if anyone's listening, they haven't seen it. They're probably thinking what in the world, um, but the fish are just beautiful. And I love, I love the way they've staged it. And I'm obviously very biased, but I just, I think it's a really <laughs> magnificent production. And I just think it's so cool that people at a theme park are able to go without having to buy a Broadway ticket. Um, so it's, it's been just a really magical experience being a part of that show and that family. It's a really special group of performers and a lot of extremely seasoned performers. They joke that it's the Broadway retirement home, but we have a lot of <laughs> um, former Gaston's and Phantom of the Operas and people who have many national tours and Broadway shows under their belt. So it's, it's a really impressive cast. And I was lucky enough to join when I was I mean, I got to go in as the title role as a college student, and I was just surrounded by these people who have these massive careers under their belt. So it was very humbling and a great learning experience, and but also a, just what a cool way to start your career to dive into the big leagues from you know at, right at the get go. It's you have to 
become professional really quickly because they won't tolerate anything less. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so grateful for all of my experiences there. It's true. Well, I think when we explain that show to somebody that's never been, we that's exactly how we explain it. Like it is seeing a Broadway show without having to buy a ticket. It is truly amazing. Like some of the other shows are different. That show feels like you're in a major city going in like, well, it's a Disney theater. It's not the same type of theater as in a major city, (laughs) but that's what it feels like. That's exactly the experience. It's a long show. It's just, it's amazing. So that's so cool. Yeah. You know, Disneyland Disneyland has the uh, Hyperion theater, which I I think most recently was a Frozen show, but they had an Aladdin show there that Mm -hmm. ran forever. And it was so great because there was a little bit of an improvisatory element to it that kept it fresh every time, you know, with the genie. And it was so good that that's one of the shows that they put on the cruise. So the cruise is absolutely known for that kind of Broadway caliber as well. So yeah, it's, if you can, if this can be a gateway for people to see a new way of telling stories or to introduce any age person, what a musical is because you know a lot of people have preconceived notions that "Eh, I'm not really into that stuff and then you see something that's done with such care and love that it's just uh, you know you can't not like it there's something about that show that they will like you know even if they don't like the whole show you you like the turtle right you like the go with the flow you like that yeah so there's something they'll get out of that and then who knows? They'll move on to the the next thing for them, and and you never know. You know, as Julie performed that so many times, who did she inspire in that audience? You know, who mm-hmm. who was you know whose life was changed as a result of that? That's kind of the the cast member dream to say. You know, every moment that you interact with somebody is a potentially life changing moment, and really that's what life is, right? Every time, you know, say hi to the person. You don't know what day they had. They may have had a bad day, but you said hi and you turned their day around, or. Um, or with music, you inspire them to say, I, maybe I should try to play an instrument or, or try to sing or what have you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like, I never really think of it to like, you think, yeah, being in that audience and thinking, oh, I would like to do that one day. But even like what you had said about them, a small a person that doesn't like theater seeing that and then thinking, oh, maybe I might like that, like introducing them to the theater we, because that's the type of show it is. Yeah. And we did that. Um, my father-in-law had not been to New York City since like, I think it was the 64 World's Fair. And so we were doing a, a family trip with them. And at some point we it lined up that I was like, oh, I think we could stop in New York City. And um, and they had not seen a Broadway show. So we took them to Lion King. Like it was the it was the no brainer yeah. to say uh-huh. there's a lot of great theater. There's a lot of great plays, musicals, off Broadway, off off all that stuff. But here's somebody that has never seen anything. So what do we do? You know, and it's not that. It's not a kid's show, you know, it's it's a show that kids can appreciate, but ultimately Michael Curry, Julie Taymor, all of those people, they've studied history, right? They've studied arts forms from all over the world and then said, we feel that this is the best way to tell a story that everyone's going to get pumped about and we're going to add new incredible music to it. And yeah, I feel like music obviously is half of Disney's story, right? Um, so that's with our super secret hive, it's like our, our goal is like, how can we tell this story in a way that is inspired by what inspired us. And that's kind of the, even though it's not a Disney production, you know, uh, it's definitely our own independent thing. It's, we're a product of what we love and and Mm -hmm. who has inspired us. And we definitely use the songs as vehicles for learning, for sure. I mean, they're for fun as well. But um, if you think to like Schoolhouse Rock, there's just, there's so many uh, people that 
learn best through song and when you put a melody behind something. So for us, we were hoping that if we add some catchy tunes, it'll help to drive our points home even more. It's the only way I remember things is if it's a song. <laughs> sing it. And yeah, then I can too. sing it back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's how I study. <laughs> that works. Yeah. So yeah. now COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so park shut down. Yep. Was this born out of that time? Yep, it was. So we, over the past almost six years now have been working on side projects together. Well, for me, it's been my full time here in Austin and I just, I'll fly back a few times a year to do Nemo, but my full time here has been creating content for kids and, uh, that all under the umbrella of kids save the world. And what we were mostly doing was actually live performances in schools and basically a corporation or an organization would come to me and say, Hey, we have this really important message. We want to communicate it to kids. We don't really know how to do that. And I would say, cool, I think we write a song or we do an animation or we make this musical about it. So it started with the USO. I'm actually a military kid. So the USO approached me and said, Hey, we know you're a military kid and you've reached your dreams to become the singer actress for Disney. Would you tour around the world to tell military kids your story about how you were able to overcome those challenges military kids face and reach your dreams? So that's how it started. And I really Really had no idea what I was doing, but I, I was in my early 20s and said, yes, of course, I'll write a show and tour around the world. So I'm calling Mike and emailing him. What are you? I'm writing these songs. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was just trying things and writing and figuring out what resonated with uh, young kids. And I've, I've always just that's a there's an age range that I really have a sweet spot with. And that's the young elementary kids that I just I love communicating to. And so it started there, and then I did a tour for Procter & Gamble, and then eventually HEB, which is a big company here in Texas. For you in, in Florida, it's kind of like the Publix of Texas. HEB is our big grocer, and they're extremely involved in the community, and everyone knows and loves their local HEB. So HEB, for the past three years, we partnered to do an anti-bullying show, and it was a bilingual musical that we took from school to school, and it was a really fun project. And for all of these projects, I brought Mike in in some capacity. He worked at Disney by day and by night. He was working hard <laughs> to help me build these things. And he's just uh, a wizard at scoring and songwriting and helping me to write these scripts. And so he just in whatever capacity I could bring him in, I would do that. Um, and so it's been really cool to work together. And so for me, my dream is I've always said, Mike, we have to, we have to do like a big project full time together. And it just, the stars had never aligned, you know, and then careful what you wish for. You might just get Furlough. the time to, oh, sorry. You, might just get, <laughs> you might just get the time to work together full time on a project. So we had, we had been working on a project this spring in audio. And so we were, that was kind of the groove we were in. And we were like, you know, this is cool. And we had discussed, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we did a kids podcast? And so that had definitely been on our minds. But again, it just the stars hadn't aligned. And then they did in the way that they do. (laughs) He got the my uh, school touring went away overnight because, of course, I cannot at tour schools right now. And then uh, Mike's day job as well. He was furloughed and I was furloughed from Nemo. So we decided to just start doing this full time rather than, you know, rest on our laurels. So we just dove in head first. And um, I don't think Mike has taken a day off. Uh, well, and you haven't either. But the I think <laughs> it became we started it because no one knew in, you know, March where we right. would be. Right. So, so 
okay, well maybe we'll, let's try one. We'll do it as kind of like a pilot and see and test it on some families and see what's going on. And we did, and we learned a lot and we went back and redid so much of the first episode and eventually got our groove, but it kept going, you know, we're like, I guess, should we do another one? Yeah, let's do another one. And then how about, and then it's April, May, June, should we keep going? What do you think? How many, should we, should we have a trajectory here of where we're going to, where we're aiming for? And so it kind of mapped itself out. We were, you know, obviously getting to know each other from a, a creative standpoint that was different, not only because we hadn't done it full time like this, but it was different because we were a thousand miles apart. So how do you record songs that far apart? How do you do dialogue when you're supposed to be talking to each other to keep that energy? And how do you do these all, you know, silly voices to create different characters? Um, and then, and how do you score it when all I have is my keyboard and we can't bring musicians in and, you know, you just have to, you roll with the punches and you just do it. Um, so we were, you know, again, we're thankful we got the opportunity to do this despite the unfortunate uh, circumstances, but I think it was a, a blessing in disguise to be able to, especially kids, uh, part of the mission was that kids are staring at screens now because of virtual learning, a lot of them, and mm. um, not being able to socialize with their friends as much as they had before and socializing on, it's awesome to see you guys, it's different, right? It's different than when you're in person. So this was a tool that we thought we could give them to get them away from the screen, but still get their minds going um, and something they could do with their family, perhaps, and something that they could uh, maybe reach out to friends as a result of. But yeah, it, it kind of just was, we started going, well, what if, and then we were able to finally bring at least this first season to completion, which was, which was awesome. Very, very happy to do that. And you're, you're both so humble about, you know, we pulled it together, but I, I got to tell you, it sounds like a full on movie production. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like it's, it sounds <laughs> like the fact that you were a thousand miles apart from each other and you didn't, you, you know, yet had to figure out how you were going to do the score. Like, it sounds like something that's on television. I, it sounds like I've, you know, unbelievable that you guys did that did it that way and it's definitely an auto adventure audio adventure and I never even thought about it until you had said that but it is like it's like little episodes of television but without the visuals so you do use your imagination yeah. it's so cool like I it's and the it's it sounds amazing like, thank you <laughs> like well you guys are so talented and and like so of course it's it has to be amazing just from talking to you guys and hearing your story like of course but wow like especially when you say you know, you were so far, you, you didn't even see each other in person when you did this. You really did this remotely. Yeah. And yeah, the, <laughs> the problem solving <laughs> continues, continues to this day, Daily. right? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah. it's, it, it's, it's hard enough to, and this is something for, you know, the kids to learn about. It's hard enough to just collaborate when you're creating something. If you ever wrote a group paper in, in school or college, it's hard for five people to write one thing, right? So um, when everybody has a different voice and everybody has a different approach. So I think that's part of the, the fun of the challenge to do it. And, and hopefully the end product is better as a result, but yeah, there are days that are, well, to be honest, both of our computers are about to go to the graveyard because we knock on wood, we push them too far. <laughs> we, we pushed them to the limit. Yeah. The fans on our computers run so loud that my wife thought that I was launching some sort of NASA rocket from the, from the office and she's like are we safe and i'm like i think yeah so 
but it's just it was you know yeah. we were pushing them we were pushing ourselves to the to just to make it the best that we could but we learned so much which was the best part of this that we yeah, learned oh that we gosh. can do you know 10 years ago this would have been a different sounding experience for sure oh yeah um and the tools that we had at our disposal and the tools that so many people that if they just want to create this is what was cool in, in teaching elementary kids that they would have in their mind, they knew what they wanted to do musically, but they didn't have the the music theory to be able to like write it out, right? They couldn't, they couldn't orchestrate it, but they had it in there. And it used to be like, well, you're not a musician unless you learn how to read music and you write it out. And that's when, that's when, you know, and that has gone out the window. It's like, no, 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 it's, if you're creating the music, you're a musician. So it's a matter of, will it help you to learn the theory, to be able to do more complicated stuff and to understand relationships between this, that, and the other? Yes. But if the kid has the idea and he can get on the iPad and use GarageBand and create something out of there, then he has just composed something, right? He Because he can compose more, more um, in a more complex way than he could ever write it out. You know, mm-hmm. a, a first grader might be able to clap quarter notes and half notes and whole notes, but they're singing dotted sixteenths and triplets and this and they're in five, four time, you know, whatever it is, um, but they can do it. And I think that was our challenge to be like, okay, we've got these tools now we get to learn how to make them. And I think Julie and I both, we went to YouTube and we we're like, how to, and it was just like, hey, I found a new feature of this program because there's no book for it. So yeah, we were like tutoring each other. I hired a tutor. This guy was virtually an audio and engineer was kind of, I would, so my recording studio is in my closet. I'm in a one bedroom condo in a downtown. So we, I don't have much real estate to work with here. So I was, he had me measuring my closet and figuring out what monitors to order. And like, you know, it's a, it's a closet. So, I mean, it was, we had to get really creative and we just learned so much. I mean, to but I have to say, Mike, Mike is an actual musical genius. I mean, he's an, he's an insane musician. So it's, he didn't learn, like he didn't just like make up these, you'll hear it in the scores and songs. Like he's obviously brilliant at that, but there were many, many skill sets we did have to learn for this. He's been a musical guru genius forever though. So <laughs> it's amazing what you can learn when you're just watching YouTube. Oh yeah. Thank you- goodness for people who are so generous with their <laughs> knowledge. And I don't know who those people are, but I love them. They taught yeah. me how to make masks. I learned how to make masks this, oh, <laughs> this yeah. last spring. Carrie's <laughs> yeah. yeah. a big YouTube person. She watches oh, everything yeah. on YouTube and you can learn everything there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Technology is definitely an amazing thing. And we, we used it. Yep. thanks computer yeah yeah we would we would be recording and um i have one set of headphones and earbuds like this where mike would come through the earbuds and i would have my phone facetiming me so he could watch me record and then i'd have an, my bigger set of headphones on top for recording and i'd have that hooked up to the computer my little computer on desk like a desk on wheels i'd wheel it on over i'm in the closet mike's face in the closet You're in, in the, closet, the closet and my husband's on strict orders to like be silent keep the dog silent you know if anyone walks down the hall in a downtown setting you know the dog just goes nuts and we're trying to record we had to turn off the ac i'm in texas it's 110 degrees i mean these are the things that we were dealing it was just some days we were just sweaty we wanted to throw our computers out the window but we we were making magic so i i think it was all worth it but i remember one of the learning curve it was one of the weeks we um some we we were trying to get it to it was a regular schedule of okay we do an outline this day we write the script we record whatever you know we had a order that we wanted to do but somehow we landed on a monday for recording dialogue and i was like oh "Oh, 
we we can't do Mondays because the uh, common areas in our neighborhood get mowed. So these <laughs> giant lawnmower, riding lawnmowers are going all around the neighborhood and it sounds like just chainsaws going on out there and it will just come through every recording. So I was like, well, we'll, we'll have to do that tomorrow. <laughs> there were so many days like that. And you're in Florida where it thunderstorms every afternoon. So oh, yeah. if we weren't done recording by 2, 3 p.m. It was like, sorry, we're, we were done. We're going to have to pick this up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it was like, just keep throwing it our way, 2020. What else? Right? What else? We can, we can deal. <laughs> I think it's incredible what you guys have created. And I. Th so if you were just going to give uh, a synopsis, who would you say is your ideal listener? Like if you were talking to, to our listeners and saying, okay, here, here's who this is for, who would it be? I, personally, I, I think we did it for, we wrote it for everyone. And I, and I say that to mean the, the songs were not written for an age group. The, the comedy was not directed toward a, a specific age group. It, we did stuff that made us chuckle. We did songs that we would want to listen to. And so from a grand umbrella, you want to learn something cool about honeybees. You want to learn about germs. You want to learn about the Neowise comet, whatever it is. And then we have some other themes going on at the same time. Come listen. Absolutely. Um, I think to Julie's uh, passion for, you know, getting to the, the younger audience, uh, we've said that like five to 12 might be a sweet spot, but we have talked to adults that I think some of the dads were like, I uh, really, I dig this. I, I'm a, so <laughs> mm -hmm. whether or not their kids are going to keep listening, I don't know, but, but then the dads will. <laughs> yeah. But it's the idea that they could listen in the car, you know, uh, on the way to the grocery store or to whatever they're going. And it's, it's a good, 20 minute show, maybe 10 minutes there, 10 minutes back that they can um, kind of just take in together and, and have those moments. And hopefully there's something for every level, like the little kid might get this thing and the teenager might get this and the dad might get this, whatever. Um, so that's the goal. But I think, yeah, absolutely. It's for, you know, the, the messages here, jumping from bees to marine litter to all these things. It's not like a specific grade level in life studies all of those things, mm -hmm. but there are things that are great. You know, there are great podcasts out there that teach you things that you didn't know that you should know, right? That famous things in history, famous things in um, how things work in, in those kind of great physics lessons that were like, Ooh, or Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about, you know, there's, there's some uh, asteroid coming in the day before election day. I don't know if you heard about that, but it's fine. Cause <laughs> it's only the size of a refrigerator. So you learn these little things of, huh. And that's still called, okay, got it. Yeah. And so you, you learn those things. Um, yeah. So we are, do we want kids to really get excited? Is this about the next generation of, of, of people that can make this world awesome? Yes. But is it, does it take a, a village or does it take a family or does it take an individual? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. To all the, all the above. <laughs> it definitely is. It's for everyone and families can listen together. You can listen on your own, uh, learn. And listen again and again, cause it's all singy and funny and poppy and, yeah, yes, if you we like would love that. You play that as many times as you want. Well, I think with kids too, they like that, right? Like if they really like it and they dig it and they like the songs and, yeah. and it makes them laugh, then they'll listen to it over and over again and those and, lessons will stick. And we want yes. to hear from those kids too, right? So we want right. to hear, did some of them go plant a garden with colorful, lovely smelling flowers to attract bees to help the pollination in their area, you know, to help build the bee population. Awesome. We want to hear it. We want to see it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, 
are there certain songs that they liked more than others, right? Would that help us if we were given the opportunity to do more of these to say, cool, yeah, we can hit that up. We, mm-hmm. we, you know, we try to, we've done every genre that fit with what we were doing, but there's a million genres in the world. So there's more to, mm-hmm. more to play with. Mm-hmm. And it's play. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's just an art of playing with each other. Yeah. People can find you the Super Secret Hive podcast. They can find you anywhere, Apple, Google, all the places, mm-hmm. all of the podcast spots. Yep, exactly. I will, I will link to your website in the show notes as well so that help Great. people find you. Um, and they can search for you on the podcast players. You guys are just such a delight to talk to. I could talk to you for hours and hours. Aw, um, thank you. Really could. You're fascinating and you really are... You're good people. You're good people who want to bring joy to people. And those are the kind of people Carrie and I are always saying we want more of in our lives. So thank you for that. Um, Before we end our podcast, and we always ask our guests, uh, in the spirit of staying positive, we like to focus on what brought you some pixie dust this week. So it can be anything. It can be um, something you ate, something you watched on TV, whatever it is, but just something that, you know, you're kind of thankful for this week. So, um, if you have something, Julie, if you wanted to go first. Yeah, I might steal mics here. I don't know. <laughs> Mine is going to be that our podcast came out this week and we've gotten just really wonderful feedback. And so the, what, what we most want is to bring joy to kids and families everywhere. So the fact that we really weren't sure what the reaction was going to be, and it's been just a, an overwhelmingly wonderful reaction, has been such a blessing. And I we hope we can just reach even more kids. But yeah, it's just I'm so grateful for this opportunity for us to make lemonade out of lemons. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, super grateful that people are enjoying it and helping to spread the word. Awesome. Awesome. And Mike, did she steal yours? <laughs> can share. They can share the pixie. They can share. I have another one. I could share another one. So I think um, it was probably about a two or three weeks ago. Um, I think our, our mail down here in the States is mostly junk mail these days and advertisements for the election. So um, it's just, it's not fun mail, right? Do you remember fun mail when we used to get cool yeah. things in the middle. Yeah. Um, I remember the record club. So it was like, Ooh, I got new, <laughs> I got new records that I'm gonna have to pay more than I should later. But, um, <laughs> I got a, uh, my wife and I got a, um, a letter that was a handmade letter from one of those kind of I don't know, cricket, I think is one of them, but you know, those, you can do homemade crafts and things like that. But somebody, a relative of ours made a nice little card that was just a thinking of you and, and took the time to send it in the mail. And, totally unexpected, no reason to be giving it to us, had nothing to do with anything, but it was one of those moments that we were like, well, that sure was a nice feeling to receive a card for no reason, huh? And then next thing I know, my wife has purchased um, like eight to 10 Halloween cards that, you know, some of the family members we have with kids that can't go um, trick or treat this this year um, to still keep them in the spirit of what's going on. So we sent all of these Halloween cards out. We we're not Halloween card senders, you know, but we were like, it was so great to have a card for no reason. So here we go. Exactly. Pay it forward. So some people uh, will be getting some really cool. They're like pop up cards, too. So it's hopefully they can just put it on their table. Yeah. 
For a split second, I thought you were going to say your wife went in and bought a cricket machine. <laughs> I thought that too. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going. She, yeah, she is very. She's... And then she made the Halloween cards, but I thought you were going to say she bought a cricket or a die cut machine. No, we're trying to keep the budget under control um, <laughs> during this time. But uh, she is crafty, though. She made my. Uh, I had a my you know lockdown birthday earlier this year that was just weird, right? Because you just have to stay inside, but. Um, she did a great card and unfortunately it's not within arm's distance, but she, she did some cutouts of myself, her and our puppy. And it's like spot on from construction paper cutouts. It's like, this is us. It's perfect. <laughs> so that's a, definitely a keeper, but just get it. Yeah. Those little surprises, right. It's better to give, right. Wow. See, just, in, I'm so pleased for both of you with the launch of your podcast. And it's so much fun. And it's been such a pleasure getting to talk to you both. And everybody needs to go and look for the Super Secret Hive podcast on on all the podcast We'll players. tell everybody about it. Thank everybody. you. Thank you. We Thanks again everyone. for having us. Oh, it was a pleasure. You'll have to come back again. Absolutely. So, Carrie, how fun was that? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Julie and Mike were absolutely lovely we probably could have talked to them forever if i if i could have thought of some questions to ask. <laughs> no i had like a thousand questions i wanted to ask I know, so did i but but i kept thinking you know i i, I can't keep them here all like i was just loving, like i was listening to them and i was just i was just so amazed i was i was just wowzers like there's you know learning about them and their accomplishments and who and what they've done and who they are it was just amazing because we, yeah. we didn't know we don't know them so as they were explaining everything I was like wow these like I was thinking these guys are awesome I knew they were positive people like just from like listening to the podcast looking at their website all that kind of stuff I kind of knew they were positive but they just they are real genuine nice people yeah and and what they put together is so amazing. It's funny though, when they were talking about how they record and, you know, with the rainstorms and in the closet and worried about people walking by and I'm thinking there's a, a cat in like almost every podcast episode we have. And it just came to my mind because I just heard him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We definitely, <laughs> we did our... <laughs> Our production value. Our, our production quality is is uh, sub sub car, sub zero. nothing. But I'd like to think we have the same kind of positivity. We do have the same. We we do have the same positivity, or we strive for that positivity. And maybe we can strive for a different, you know, editing <laughs> quality one day, but maybe not. One day. One day. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, Carrie, I didn't ask um, you for your pixie dust when we were recording (laughs) with them because, you know, I I wanted to let them go. We'd kept them long enough. Um, So do you, uh, do you have? (laughs) I have some pixie dust. Well, I I do have pixie dust, but it's probably... Um, you're going to tease me about it because it's about my stickers that I got today. I've been waiting <laughs> eagerly for yeah, stick- I, I, some stickers to arrive in the mail and I go to the mailbox every day, like 
multiple mm-hmm. times a day I'm peeking out the window to see if the mailbox is open a little bit because we get mail delivered to our house we don't have it you don't have one of those boxes at the boxes. end of the street so like I've been peeking out the window for like five days to see if like the little flaps up because there should be a larger envelope in there so I got my my uh, stickers I've been waiting for and from what are you going to do with these stickers um I'm going to stick them all over the place I'm going to maybe I'm going to put stickers everywhere I'm going to put them in my agenda I'm going to put them on my to-do list I'm going to put one on my monitor I think <laughs> just just because just so, because yeah. They're really cute stickers from every minute of story. And they're um, a place in Oakville, a, a gal in Oakville that designs them and, and prints them. And I just was on Instagram scrolling one morning and it's amazing what you got a boom, bada bing, clickety click. <laughs> I, I placed an order and I've been eagerly waiting for them to come. So they came today. So, the, so I don't have to peek out the window anymore for my until my next package for, your, for the for the Something mail coming along, oh, i'm yeah. excited yeah but mine stickers <laughs> and masks and all kinds of stuff so that's what it is that's my pixie dust it, hey you know what carrie but that's the it thing definitely it definitely brought happy. me joy it brought me it joy brought because joy. It made you happy. Wait. like those are the kind of things you're excited to get it like i think that's that's so fun yeah, it was and it was to, and it was today that i got it so i was i ran upstairs singing a, <laughs> i got my sticker song my I sang a little song and then I came up to my desk and I opened them up right away looked at them took pictures of them I think I sent you some pictures you of them send me a picture I was like what on earth is she said you don't care about stickers but you know when you're friend, you, you know you're the I send I you get it. all kinds of stuff I get it <laughs> pictures of my cats pictures of my stickers you're the one <laughs> I get all the pictures <laughs> so, but it was good yeah it's very good it's what's good. your pixie dust my pixie dust this week is, you know, with COVID and everything that happened, um, my massage therapist, she had lost sort of the space that went under construction. Long story short, anyway, she's not doing massages. And this is the massage therapist. I've, I've been going to her for years and years and years. Uh, like she was my dad's massage therapist. And, you know, he's been gone for a long time. So um, I haven't had a massage in months and months and months. Like, and, and I'm in pain now because of course I have no, I have bad posture sitting at home. I'm not doing anything, whatever. Anyway, long story short, there is a place that's literally at the bottom of my street. And I saw that it was open and I kept trying to call and I wasn't getting through. Anyway, I finally got through and the woman had a half hour appointment today, free. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I only want to do half an hour because it's, you know, it's kind of weird to go to like somebody new plus I didn't know what it was going to be like to have a massage with a mask on like you know your face down in that thing and the mask is like but um anyway it was great it was (laughs) so good let me tell you like I can already feel the muscles like opening up I had no idea she does like she was doing the regular massage and then all of a sudden it was like scorching hot. And I'm thinking, what happened to her hands? But it was she had like hot stones. She does hot stones too. She's like, you need some heat to open this up. And then, yeah, it was, it was great. So I'm booked again uh, next week for an hour. Wow. So yeah. we both had our pixie dust today. Yeah. Isn't that great? That's good. I'm glad you got a, a new massage therapist. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, you know, I feel a bit better and so yeah, I'm excited. Yay. Wow, that's cool. Cool. Well, thanks again, Carrie. This is always a blast. Lots and fun. Um, 
yeah, great guests, and we had a good time. So maybe this will be my pixie dust next week. Just chatting. So. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, we'd love it if you'd share it with anyone that you think might enjoy it as well. Until next time, remember, you are never too old to be young. Chase your dreams and design your own happily ever after. <laughs>